We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Hey, Just Break Up family. We've got new merchandise over at JustBreakUpPod.com. For the first time ever, we've got tank tops, some new t-shirts, magnets, our usual stickers, tote bags, coffee mugs, all that amazing stuff. You can find it all right now with new designs, new fits, new cute shit. Help me out, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. Thanks. Find it now at JustBreakUpPod.com. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like when your partner is fat phobic, when rejection makes you doubt yourself, and avoiding emotional warfare. Hmm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health practitioners, marriage counselors, Mm-mm. anything of the sort. None of it. We're literally Although, just podcast hosts. <laughs> honestly, that's, <laughs> that's it. That doesn't sound my good. My former boss did watch our live stream um, and was like, oh, my God, you're actually like really good at this. This is amazing. You should go back to school to be a licensed social worker. And I was like, that's a cute idea, but I don't need that in my life. <laughs> Have you heard about debt? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is all to say Sam and I are not professionals. So we want you to take our advice as you see fit in your life. Uh, We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Okay, welcome to episode 153, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Today's check-in topic is inspired by a letter from Crush-in, Crush-in, who is mm -hmm. writing to us from under the crushing weight of love. <laughs> and we're not going to read the letter. We're actually just going to steal the topic of crushes, checking in on crushes, how to not get crushed by crushes, etc. Mm-hmm. So Sam, when's the last time you had a crush on someone? Honestly, it's 
been a while. Yeah, you're like, I don't uh, get out much. <laughs> yeah, because I don't meet new people to like foment crushes oh my on. God. Like, oh my it's God. just what like, if our, what about our, <laughs> our professional connection that I'm not going to say right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know that that was, that was a crush. That was just an acknowledgement that that person was very attractive. <laughs> yeah, all three of us, <laughs> me, you, and Spencer. Okay, <laughs> that was vague, but continue. Yeah, I think it's been a long time since, like, I've had the weight of a crush on me, too, right? Like, I think there have been people where I'm like, oh, that person's really attractive. But it's been a while since I've, like, followed someone around a room. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or, like, sought them out at a party or something to, like, go talk to oh them. Yeah, do you like, remember just... those moves of being like, mm-hmm. oh, you're in this room, too? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, and I was never subtle. It was literally just be like, I literally will follow them from room to room. Yeah, because and I... make fun of them, which is what we yeah, learned exactly. <laughs> in the last episode. <laughs> That's yes, cute. very true. Very true. Yeah, I don't think I have. So especially in the context of this letter, which is basically like, how do I deal with crushes because I don't want to get my heart crushed? You know, mm-hmm. like, how do I navigate crushes even though I'm like ter- terribly afraid of love and being hurt? Um, in mm-hmm. the context of that letter, I, I don't remember the last time that I had a crush that I was afraid of, um, mm. because you're like, oh, dang, you could hurt me. You know, I've yeah. had like passing crushes, like the male lead in Mulan and <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. mm-hmm. I'm married. So like, you know, I don't get out a lot. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but it's been a long time for me that since I've had a crush that I, was afraid of being crushed by to be a little, you know, punny there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I remember that feeling, I think, um, of being like, wow, I feel so drawn to you, attracted to Mm -hmm. you, interested Mm -hmm. in you, and I have no idea how this is going to go. There's something scary about it. Or even like knowing that that person isn't for you too, right? Like mm. you still have that crush, but that, but you know that it's like never going to work out because like they're in a relationship or like you're in a relationship. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. Sam's dragging me right now. He's, there's I'm so not, much, I'm also dragging he's myself, so it's fine. With his eyes. You guys don't even understand. <laughs> but that feeling, I do like that feeling is really intense. Like that feeling of like obsession and being like, I just want to follow this person around or like find an excuse to touch them. And like, I wonder what they're thinking and like where they yes. are and like all of that stuff is just like, I've like literally walked the streets oh of God. Minneapolis, like past a crush's house. You and I always call each other out on running past like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going for like a really sweat free yeah, yeah. makeup uh-huh. jog past yeah. your house. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I'm just, I'm just walking around the neighborhood. Never coincidentally, literally never by worked. your house three or four times a day or whatever. Like yes. it's not, it's not weird in the hopes that I'll like run into you on the sidewalk. But like, I understand that that, this is, especially if you're trying to do the head and heart work where you're like trying to like big yourself up. It mm-hmm. is really sort of like a blow to the ego when like oh you God. suddenly are just like, Oh no, I'm just obsessed with this person and will do anything degrading in yeah, order I don't to like feel get like an adult around them. them. Have you ever had that yeah. sensation of like, am I a uh-huh. child? Like, or yeah. am I a middle schooler? <laughs> you know, what mm-hmm. am I doing? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Where are my limbs? You know, they're like flailing about. This is oh, absolutely um, t- a tiny bit of a tangent, but it, I just realized I'm not sure if I've ever asked you this. Have you ever gave like a 
bartender or somebody your number and like not had it pan out <laughs> i have done that and it did not pan about. out yeah <laughs> me too hey, yep, i have yep, given nice. my number out twice to somebody two people who i thought were flirting with me so hard I practically knew their grandmother's name. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm, the fact that mm -hmm. they didn't call me means that they are very good <laughs> at flirting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I good at know. getting those tips. That's right. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I'm not for them and that's fine. But like I was very confused. <laughs> never went to those Did... bars again. <laughs> no, never. Mortifying. <laughs> Okay, would but like when you were working at coffee shops and stuff, did people yeah. ever give you their number? Honestly, like I don't remember it ever happening. Isn't that okay. sad for me? <laughs> it, did. it happens to me a lot. <laughs> Mostly girls. So <laughs> yeah. just keep that in mind. Um, and I had to be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, but, you want to talk about sad books with me too? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to be my best friend and never have sex? That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. And start a podcast. Um, yeah. Seriously. But there was one when we were working at that coffee shop, you were long yeah. gone doing your amazing writing career or whatever. And I was still at that coffee shop. And there was this guy that was like so into me. And he like, he just like kept asking me out. And he was also so sexy. And I don't remember what the oh extent of why I said, kept saying no to him was like, I think were you with I was like him. Your ex? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. It was something that it was like sort of arbitrary and I just kept saying no and I like honestly regret it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was like he was like leaving for grad school or something. Like there was some reason why I was like I'm just not going to get involved with this cuz it seems like too much work. Yeah. But I I honestly like think about that man not often, yeah. but like at least like once every 6 months I'm like what would have happened rarely if I if me and that man had like sexy. so like yeah. now I'm literally picturing like Fabio coming up to like order coffee shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would do it for me. Like a dark-haired um, but, Fabio like a you know. Yeah. More like sure. Khal like Drogo. Dark, <laughs> yeah, he had dark curly hair. He was yeah, like hot. tall and like he was just like very sexy and like I was so turned on by how much he was into me. <laughs> and probably <laughs> like, also I was like, turned, like, like, that's probably why you said no, because you were like, <laughs> what is happening? I'm not chasing you, you know? It's honestly, that's real. It's like, it is such a strange experience for me to be like, oh, this person wants me sexually? This is so bizarre. <laughs> and they're direct and explicit about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, they want my body and not just my brain? I, this is so rare for me. <laughs> we are very off topic <laughs> oh i love it love it um okay let's do fire what is it rapid fire <laughs> crossfire rapid fire. <laughs> rapid, i was like waving a finger gun at sam <laughs> i saw it it was very violent yes uh rapid fire like ad advice on crushes one or two times back and forth good yeah I think just like recognize the fact that like the fact that you have a crush and that you might be a little bit obsessing or you might be like sort of falling back in old patterns doesn't mean that you're not making progress on your head and heart work journey. Right. Like our bodies and brains do weird things to us all the time yes, and we can't totally. be fully in control of them at all times. So, I mean, you can do things like not acting on it or you can do things like intentionally separating yourself from this person mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. whatever, but also like cut yourself a little slack, like 
we can't be fully in control of our bodies and minds. And and it's okay for us to sometimes slip into patterns that aren't that we know aren't super healthy for us. Yeah. I think too, um, one of my favorite pieces of advice that applies to so many things is more than one thing can be true at the same time. I think I wish somebody mm. would have told me that when I was like crushing over people that maybe I didn't want to be with, but also felt like deeply confused as to why I was drawn with to them, you know, mm-hmm. or like when I had a crush on people who were in a relationship or, um, you know, I, if I looked back upon myself during that time and like tapped myself on the shoulder and said like, it's okay that you like them, but you don't want to be with them. Or like you can have these mm-hmm. feelings and stay happy and monogamous in your relationship. You know, uh, yeah, like yep. the multitudes of the human, not just human experience, but our capacity for the this full gamut of emotions all at mm-hmm. once um, helps me help uh, make crushes make more sense in my life instead of having the crushes mm-hmm instead of having the weight of the crushes, like really confuse me or lead me astray. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. I love you. (laughs) 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 All right. Let's get into our letters for this week. The first letter is from sexy obese, who is writing to us from within my sexy fat bod, which I love. Love it. Trigger warning for fat phobia and eating disorders. I'm in my early 20s and have been dating my boyfriend for about seven or eight months. Time flies. Who knows? This has been one of the best relationships to date. I've always felt loved, respected, and prioritized. I have struggled a lot with my body image in the past. Like many of us AFABs, which means assigned female at birth, I learned this from my mother who struggled with binge eating disorder and talks shit about her body every day. I know that my weight will change over the course of our relationship because it has changed a lot in the past and I'm a human being. We both Mm. want to have kids someday, which means that we, if we stay together in the future, I will get pregnant and give birth and breastfeed and all of those things that make a woman's body look different. Mm -hmm. If I went to a doctor and they weighed and measured me, I would be considered obese. My boyfriend has no reason to think that I'm obese because it is such an arbitrary term and i don't look at whatever that means i'm extremely healthy not at my fittest but still muscular i I even still have abs and my boyfriend is naturally very athletic and thin and has a super active lifestyle so he's never been fat or experienced anything other than being incredibly lean i don't want to make excuses for him so i won't qualify this statement he is fat phobic. He talks negatively about his grandmother for being obese and acts as if a 70 year old woman should be spry and athletic. And if she's not, it's because of her weight. He has mm. talked about all the health issues that obesity creates, creates. I told him about how my mom is on some crazy crash diet. And he said, I wish my grandma would do something like that instead of accepting being unhealthy. Last night, we were just philosophizing about whether the government should have laws that protect individual safeties, like requiring seatbelts or helmets. And he said something like, where do we draw the line? I mean, are we going to outlaw obesity for people's own good? Question mark. I was pissed and hurt. We've argued about fat phobia before, and I told him I'm not going to discuss it with him anymore. But last night, he mentioned offhand outlawing obesity, and I shut down. I went to the bathroom and cried because I had so many thoughts rushing through my head. 
when he talked about obesity, he's talking about me and people like me and my loved ones. When I gain weight, will he still love me? If I look obese someday, will he be this judgmental and cruel to my face? I don't think it would be the end of the world if I gained weight. And I know it will happen because it's what happens as we age. We have babies. We hit menopause. We experience the crushing stresses of life and we gain weight. I want someone who will love me no matter what I look like. And I want someone who will respect people no matter what they weigh. And I don't think he does. I haven't told him how he made me feel last night because I don't know if it would change his behavior or attitude at all. I'm scared he said he'd say, yeah, if you gained weight, I probably wouldn't love you. And I don't want to hear that. I can't tell if this is an overreaction brought on by PMS. We genuinely have a perfect relationship except for a few minor things that we've worked on together. But this big glaring fat phobia thing, I don't really know what to do because he's such a kind and genuine person. And I wonder if I told him how I felt or gave him all of the books and podcasts on fat liberation, if he'd change the way he thinks about this. He's adjusted his behavior in the past when I've told him how it affects me over small things like being late or not cleaning up after himself. But honestly, it's a little triggering for me, and I've struggled with an eating disorder in the past. I don't want to break up over this, but I don't know how to talk to him about it or what to do. Anything helps. Thank you. Thank you so much for writing Sexy Obese. I really appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty in this. Um, and I'm so sorry that you were crying alone in that bathroom. I can picture mm. you there so clearly, even though I don't know what you look like and I don't know you. Um, but picturing you there breaks my heart. And, I, and I'm and i sorry you had to experience that painful moment by yourself. Absolutely. And I... Um... I'm so sorry that your boyfriend has bought into the lies that we tell about fat people um, right. and the idea that our fat phobia is somehow tied to a paternalistic need to make people healthier, quote unquote, healthier, even though the ties of weight and health have uh, very little to do with each other. Um, and I'm sorry that he's buying that. And I'm sorry that he's inflicting that bias and that that fat phobia that he has on you. Um, even if he's not aware of it. Um, and I I wish that um, we lived in a society that didn't perpetuate those lies. And I wish we lived in a society where people didn't believe those things and inflict those beliefs on other people. Because um, you're, you're seeing firsthand the immense pain that those types of, uh, that type of thinking causes. Um, and I'm really, I'm just sorry that you have to deal with that. And I'm sorry yeah. that this... Otherwise, very perfect and kind man is um, buying into those lies that that we've been told. Right. I think it's so difficult, too, because we get a lot of letters like this in which the essence of it is, um, you know, one partner believes in challenging certain ideologies or systems of oppression that they see um, damaging our communities and the other mm -hmm. partners not on the same page or didn't have the same upbringing or whatever. And so I think it's particularly hard in this situation as sexy writes in their letter. Like it's, it's, we're not just trying to challenge um, fat phobia and the things that uphold it, like capitalism and racism mm -hmm. and sexism. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's, we're not just challenging that, in the real world, we also have to like come up against it with the people we love, the people we sleep right. next to. So it right. is 
a necessary work, no doubt, but it 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 is a challenge, deeply challenging one, um, I guess. So just to nod to that dynamic there, that this is this is necessary work that we need to do, you know, to to figure out um, to a try to help this ca- compassionate, kind man see how his point of view is actively harming people mm-hmm. um, and see if, if you can, you know, come to some understanding on that, but uh, also see if you guys are a compatible relationship. If you, you two are compatible as partners, you know, for sure. Yeah. And I appreciate you talking about how he is such a kind caring man because i think it is important for us to remember the fact that kind and caring people can also be fat phobic and kind and caring people can also be racist or sexist or homophobic or ableist right like our kindness doesn't inoculate us from the realities of the system of oppression that we exist in and so yeah it's not surprising to me that he's super nice and also spouts bullshit about people's bodies and what they should be doing with their bodies, right? Like it, both of those things can exist at the same time. And I'm sorry that it seems like it's up to you to be the one to disabuse him of these, this nonsense that he keeps spouting out at you, right? Mm. Like, I'm sorry that it it is on you to, to be, or it feels like it's on you, or you have to make the decision whether or not it's on you to have this conversation with him to change his perspective. Because often... You know, when we are when we are perpetuating these types of hurtful things, we don't realize we're doing it until someone shows us how hurt they are. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we often don't respond well to people show, showing us how hurt they are either. Right. Like we get super defensive when people are like, yeah, see, this thing is hurting me. And we're like, well, why would you bring that up? I don't understand. Are you I saying I'm a horrible person? You. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, you have the opportunity here, if you want to take it, to tell him how the things that he's saying about the people who are in his life and not in his life have deeply impacted you and yourself, right? Because you are, quote unquote, obese, right? You are, quote unquote, part of the problem because of because of the 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 weight that you carry on your body. And so you can tell him, right? You can tell him, like, these things that you're saying are actually about me. How does it make you feel that you're you're talking about me when you're talking about outlawing obesity? Because like, that's my body. That is right. that is who I am. Right. You don't you also don't have to talk to him about that. Right. Like this can be a deal breaker. And I don't think that any of us in the world would blame you for saying, like, I don't want to be in a relationship where my partner causes this harm to me. Man, and it isn't sucks. That, isn't that the most <laughs> heartbreaking thing, too, is that. Sometimes people who appear to be really good for us on the surface have these Mm. underlying non-compatibilities because of the way they, I mean, I just paused for a second and thought about like how heartbreaking this situation is already, but could be, you know, if um, sexy, you know, justifiably decides that this is not a safe place for her, like, just like dating is so hard. That's all. That's mm-hmm. just what I was feeling right there. It is for sure. Um, just like a small rant, not even a rant. I don't even. I don't even have the energy to, to rant. Um, but I think that 
we always we love to we love to look at others and assume that we know what's going on in their life. We love to look mm. at other people's bodies and feel um like we understand their experience or we understand what they need or what they should do. Um we just there there's there's something about this world that makes us naturally hierarchize is that a word put ourselves into a hierarchy yeah yep um because i think it makes us feel safer um it's Mm. like i don't need to understand myself more deeply if i can understand how other people are quote-unquote fucking up according to my understanding of their lives um Mm. you know and and put into the context of different bodies weight fatness right we love to think that we know why people look the way they do. And mm. I, I, I have heard the argument of like, well, they could be, you know, disabled and they can't work out or they could have a autoimmune disease um, or we don't know what's going on or this is just their natural body. But I also want to be like, and they could also be really like they they like lazy and they don't want to work out. Like, <laughs> yeah. is that the worst thing that we know about humanity is inactivity? Yeah. That means yep. that, you know, it's just such a it's such a hurtful thought process um, for us to assume um, to, that we that we think we know what other people are going are doing with their bodies or not doing. And then to also yep. like. There's such a, there's an ableism there, but also like, I don't know what it is, like capitalism or something, because it's like, so what if people are lazy? So, so, so what? So what? Um, That is, that is what you're going to go to your deathbed thinking about is like, oh my God, my neighbor never walks, you know, (laughs) Um, nothing to say about like who they are as humans, one to another and what they have done and gone through and survived to get to this moment right now to be called fat by you, you fucker. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I got to the rant, <laughs> um, but any, just bringing it back to one of my favorite things that, that revealed something to me about myself is that when we judge other people, when we judge someone, we reveal an unhealed part of ourselves. And I think that is so mm. true in terms of uh, fat phobic ideology and many and many others. But I'll keep it on that right now, is that when we judge other people for their quote unquote inactivity or what we say that we care about in terms of their health, we are exposing like a scared child in us right that doesn't want to be picked last at gym who's afraid mm. of the comments that their mother makes you know um that is afraid of being um seen as lazy you know because we our whole worth is surrounded by activity and productivity in a weird capitalism way um there's something really unhealed that comes to the surface in that phobia and our like culture's obsession with policing other people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally real. Um, and I think we're talking about that, not as a way to excuse the behavior that he is doing, but as a way to maybe offer a, a glimpse into, or an understanding for you to, to figure out what you want to do in this situation. Right. 
And the question for you is, do you want to help him heal that thing? Yes. Do you want to mother him into recognizing that his viewpoint on this is hurtful and hateful? Or do you want to protect your peace and say, this isn't, I don't want to subject my body, my heart and my mind to the reality of, or to put myself in the crosshairs of this person's fat phobia. Yeah. And I'm going to let him figure this out on his own, but I don't want to have to be the one to teach him. Yeah. And I say both of those things are fine. Both of those and, things are legitimate ways to go about the world. And I think they both can be true too. Like you can, there is a way for you to maintain your peace and see if he can meet you yeah. somewhere. For sure. And I also, but what I'll say is that I think the, what, what's happening right now isn't serving you well, right? right? The thing where you just bite your tongue. You, and yeah. And you cry him, in the bathroom. Yeah. Right. And you don't deserve that. And, and I don't, I, I hate the picture of it. I just I hate know, it. I, I hate know. the That's picture of you crying in the bathroom so by yourself. Like, I know. I know. And I think you don't deserve to be <laughs> subjected to that in any way. Right. And I, I want to echo sort of what Sam said is that like my little rant is not to villainize your boyfriend. It was just me to like, it was, it's my podcast. So I'm just going to make space for some of my thoughts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> because I don't think your boyfriend is a fucker, as I said <laughs> in my little <laughs> rant. Right. I think your boyfriend is a product of the world we we've grown up in. Right. But in terms of your relationship moving forward, how to like approach this, I agree with Sam that I think, you know, these feelings need to be brought into the light. There are ways to do it that respect your peace, your boundaries, while also reaching out to this person who you love, who you mm -hmm. are intimate with mm -hmm. and seeing if you can get to seeing if you can see the the real life impacts of some of these ideologies that he's manifesting. And mm -hmm. for me to use like a cheesy um, imagery, I would say you got to figure out if you guys are just on different pages right now, or are you just like in different books? Totally. If you mm -hmm. can't get to the same page, if you can't find some middle ground that feels safe and respectful to you, um, then you might just be incompatible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We know this sucks. We know this For is sure. deeply, deeply hard. Um, and I, I honestly wish Sam and I had like more tangible advice other than like, I'm sorry, you have to talk about this with your boyfriend. And like, ultimately what we're saying is like, I'm sorry, you have to find out how deep this bigotry is. You know what I mean? Mm, like that is yeah. such a <sighs> stressful thing to do for someone that you love that you're, you've been in what you say is a perfect relationship other than that. You know, mm -hmm. but yeah. um, it is, you know, that in the long run that you don't want to be complicit, that you don't want to be in a relationship that makes you feel unsafe to be in your own gorgeous body. Um, yeah. And I'm and I'm not saying it's not this relationship, but there is going to be some road work on the journey there first. For sure. We love yeah, you. That sucks, but we love you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We hope this helps. Thank you so much for writing. 
All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. All right, Head & Heart Workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. This letter is from Be Sexy and I Know It, who is writing from the heteropatriarchy. Hey there. Thank you both for making this podcast. I am glad to know that you two are in the world. So I am a 21-year-old transhuman, he-they, who just got out of a two-and-a-half-year relationship with a 21-year-old transhuman, she-they. 
This was my first serious relationship, and we even lived together for 10 months. I am reeling from this breakup in many ways, but for this letter, I will focus on something tender and hard to find honest dialogue about sex and desire. Hmm. At this point, it feels quite relevant to say that my ex and I are both AFAB people just because that so deeply affects how we are expected to feel and perform desire and sex. Mm -hmm. When my ex dumped me, their main reason was that they did not want to have sex with me anymore. We didn't have a fight. We are not parting ways geographically. Nothing went quote unquote wrong to cause this breakup. They told me they still loved me and even still thought I was hot. And I found out that my ex had told a mutual friend that they wanted to break up with me and were not sure that they were attracted to me before or anymore several weeks before we broke up. We had sex in the time in between then, and I feel really betrayed and humiliated by that time gap. I am a very direct and open communicator, and I even asked my ex if there was a reason we were having less sex in the month before we broke up, and they told me it was nothing. Looking back over our relationship, I realized that my ex had been brushing off my attempts to initiate sex very frequently for at least the last year. I didn't think much of it because I felt kind of guilty for wanting sex, but I know that I'm also a very sensual person and I love sex. Now I can see that these repeated dismissals without any open conversation about what was going on were actually quite harmful to me and gave me lots of ego bruises. Mm. I also realized that they would sometimes jump or seize when I touched them, which to me suggests trauma, but they don't think it is. One of my wounds from growing up is taking responsibility for other people's feelings and fearing hurting people. So that was really hard to witness beside the fact of caring for my partner and their well-being. They also would more frequently have sex with me if they were drunk or high. So now my questions. I have a lot of self-doubt about my feelings and often feel they don't match the situation. How would you feel if you experienced this? Coming out of this, how might I regain confidence about my sexiness and sexual competency, I guess? Like, how can I address the thoughts and feelings that I must just be really bad at sex? Also, I believe my guilt for feeling desire or loving sex is tied to the demonization of queer sexuality and desire when expressed by AFAB people, especially if done so in direct and assertive ways. How in the hell can I begin to approach that? What conversations might be good to have with myself and future partners to prevent this kind of situation from happening again? Those are some big ass questions, but the bottom line is how do I heal from those ego bruises and internal heteropatriarchal value systems? Lol, that's still a huge question. <laughs> I love sex and I want to enjoy it, but if I tried to have sex right now, I'd probably just burst into tears and have parallel paralyzing self-doubt. How do I address all of that bad stuff? I know I raised a lot here, so just speak to whatever feels urgent to you. Much love, B. Thank you so much for writing, B, and for trusting us with this question. Um, I also want to give you a consensual hug. <laughs> Because I feel like the these two, the last letters, just like, I hate that we have to go through these things. <laughs> I hate that like people have such an impact on us and our self-worth and that we're, at the end of the day, we're so tender and so malleable and so, um, we're so hurtable. Is that a word? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it? No, it's For not. For sure. Hurtable? It's not a word, but I, okay. I, we can coin it. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Hurtable. Just break up. <laughs> um, but that I, in this letter, you, you did be bring up so many big questions, but there are some core, smaller questions in it to me that almost hurt the most, right? That like, how do I deal with that slow burn of rejection that comes from a partner pulling away from me physically and intimately? 
how do I deal with that slow burn of rejection that comes from somebody telling me explicitly that they don't want me physically anymore and then finding mm. out that like they don't you know they don't think that I'm a they don't find me attractive or how do I deal with the mind fuck of you know having an intimate partner who might have their own traumas or triggers that are making that 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 inherently at nobody's fault makes the already incredibly complicated and confusing thing that is human sexuality 50 times more terrifying you know mm, um, yeah so, like one of my notes w just when i was listening was like wow there's an intersection of two really complicated things here it's sexual sex in general is mm -hmm. is so nuanced so complicated can can evoke so much emotions um evoke so much shame evoke so much confusion naturally a as is just because we are fallible humans that like can't communicate telepathically um and then the the intersection oh God. <laughs> i know right um, i don't want your thoughts in my head thank you <laughs> <laughs> but and then adding intersecting with that is our gender education right and mm. the letter writer talks about like unlearning what they learned um through birth and childhood etc about what mm -hmm. they were supposed to do in that right um yeah and then add to that let me just add like like shove a knife through that intersection and that knife is breakups <laughs> that knife is rejection <laughs> and heartache and no wonder why you're asking all these big questions and getting pulled, you know, really questioning yourself because at that intersection of those things is you wounded and battered and tired and confused and wanting love and tenderness. Um, mm. So my primary goal is just to make you feel a little bit less um, wounded, a little bit um, warmer and more loved um, because I see you at the center of all of this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no wonder you're feeling like your confidence has taken a hit because like all of these things were working to undermine your confidence, right? right? You're responding in, in such a human way to the realities that you were facing. So like, yeah, makes sense that you're feeling like your ego's a little bruised, that you're feeling like you might burst into tears if you had sex again, right? Like, that was such a real line. That was like the most evoking line for me because i know that feeling mm -hmm. i've been there mm -hmm. you know oh absolutely and so know that you're not you're not profoundly broken by this you're just a human having an experience that like humans have right, right. like that that like you're responding in a very human way to the circumstances that you've been in um and as Sierra says, too, that there's a lot of complicating factors to that human response as well, right? Like the right. realities of gender, the realities of um, sex, of sex and the reality. Absolutely. The realities of trans identities, like so many different things are layering onto that that really emotional core sort of like m mushy person that is inside of you that's been really hurt by this. So. I want you to continue to embrace the complicated nuance of that and all of the layers that are happening right now that it seems like you're really digging into. And I want you to take care of of the, the person that got hurt in this, yeah. right? And I want you to see how profoundly how profoundly this has, has hit you for all of the ways that you've described to us intellectually. 
um, but that it's it's impacted your heart emotionally, the squishiest right. part, the part that, squishiest that feels part. all those layers without necessarily <laughs> understanding all of them. I part, right? if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't do this show to talk about your genitals. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I was talking about my butt. <laughs> I don't do this show to talk about your genitals. It's a new t-shirt. It's the new t-shirt. Uh, I, actually, that's the new quote. That I'm just going to say, I don't do this show to talk about blank. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, you just hit your stride. After three years, that's it. <laughs> that's it. We can end the podcast. I've, I've hit my peak. I'm sorry, B. We're... We are being foolish. Um, I want to continue on what Sam was saying and just say that another way to reframe this, you know, another way to carry this differently is you and your ex-partner, you know, you loved each other or had affection for each other. Um, That relationship ended because of X, Y, and Z things. And the way that it ended, the way your partner pulled away, they weren't um, clear on their intentions. They might've told you a white lie or a very pain, you know, like they were foggy in this, right. And they pulled away and they made you really question yourself, your desire, your sexuality, um, your performance as a partner, all of that, even though it feels like it's about you is about them. And it's, and Mm. it can, it can be, I'm going to use the word wound here. And, and I don't necessarily mean it in the way that we talk about like emotional wounds. I'm just using it as like a placeholder, (laughs) but that this all can be your partner's wound or how about Mm -hmm. this? This can all be your partner's, um, baggage or no, that has a connotation too. Damn it. I just need a a connotation list word. This can Uh all be your partner's period. This doesn't have to be yours. It doesn't have to define you in future partnerships, your sexuality, your desire, your performance, all of these things. Um, if you think of, if you turn, if you turn your head slightly, if you look at it at a different angle, it was your partner that was pulling away and not engaging in that intimacy. It was your partner who mm-hmm. wasn't clear um, and who might have left the relationship on some falsehoods. It was your partner that was not engaging in that act of vulnerability because of whatever reason, because of a just reason sure. on on their part, whatever. I'm sure, right? Yep. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. But if we we can look at it like that, then we no longer carry it as our deficit, as our problem to be solved, as our errors or or lack of performance right um Mm -hmm. and i just want to say to um my i i love and appreciate any letter about sexuality and desire because i my path in life in that world has been so confused (laughs) you know and (laughs) and at times painful and at times so fun and liberating and um it it ex- so much of it entailed some learning and unlearning and exploring and you know fast reverse out of that exploring you know and mm. um i don't know if this will comfort you or not but um that process of finding yourself as a sexual being um is a is a lifelong one actually like mm. that we 
and that it grows and ebbs and flows along with our healing and along with our sense of selves. Um, that I am a different lover than I was 15 years ago is the understatement of a lifetime. But also in, in partnership with that statement, that I am a different person than I was, that I am a more loving, kind being to myself than I was 15 years ago is also the understatement of a century. Um, sure. And that these that sort of movement goes hand in hand together. The, the, the movement of self-exploration, of sexuality, of desire, of finding yourself as that sexual being and also loving yourself, being kind to yourself, healing yourself, working towards a deep... Um, and warm and kind understanding of yourself. That is, that is, that is the work. Um, and um, mm -hmm. I say that only because you have a lot of learning and unlearning to do yet. And I think it's, mm. it's some of it will be painful and some of it will be awkward, but a lot of it is going to be beautiful and fun and sexy and kinky and liberating. Um, and it's going to look different all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's my point. I don't know. I hope I hope no, that, that was great. Means something. Oh, that was, that was going to be my point. And then you just said it. So I was like, okay, cool. Sierra's got it. I'll just sit here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's a lifelong journey. I mean, you asked that question of how do I heal these bruises and internalized heteropatriarchal value systems? Let me know when you find out, friends. Yeah. Like it's it. It is a, a thing that we are constantly working on and constantly learning and unlearning, as Sierra said. So you're asking yourself the right questions, right? You're you're digging into what it means for you as an individual and what it also means for you as an, an individual in oppressive systems. Right. So like, love that. Keep doing that. And, yeah. and know that like it doesn't necessarily get more clear all yeah. the time. But it, you get more practiced in it, yeah, right? And, and you get more comfortable in the ambiguity and and sitting in the fact that, like, we may never know how to fix a bruised ego, but, like, life goes on. <laughs> yeah. And every... And the, zooming out a little from those big, you know, questions about our un, our great unlearning, um, mm -hmm. you know, breakups fucking suck. And they challenge mm -hmm. our understanding of ourselves. But to speak to that pain for one direct minute... This person does not get to define your sexiness or your mm. performance in bed for mm -hmm. everyone else in the universe. That is exactly. one person's experience with you at one point of time in one to seven different beds. I don't know what your thing is, <laughs> but like not trying to limit it Cap to a bed seven, either. Though. If it's a, if it's any more than that, <laughs> that's I'm, just you know, perverse. Like, <laughs> I don't want to like at the risk of using some big hippie wor words, you know, like, isn't it, isn't it funny how we limit the scope of ourselves based off of one person in, in a world mm. of like 7 billion different people's experience of us, of us, right. you know, right. and then to add sex to it, let me tell you what, okay, this person could have like thought you were like an Eight out of ten. I have no fucking clue what I'm about to say now, but here we go. Yeah, this person I'm, thought I'm you so could be interested. like an eight out of ten, but they <laughs> but they responded or made you feel as though you were like a three out of ten, right? Because some people mm. are not as like affirmative or like you know we we take those wounds so deep, and that's a sex joke, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, we have no idea how much this person did or did not quote unquote enjoy 
you as a sexual partner, um, like we are yeah. never going to be in their minds and their bodies in that way. And it's it is so human of us to like think the worst, to assume the worst, and then to apply that one person's interpreted bad experience on us for the rest of our lives. My for darling, sure. you are a gorgeous, talented, smart, funny, limitless, sexy, gracious, generous partner. <laughs> You're doing like a full Lady Gaga there. Humble, you know, beautiful, fucking. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, in essence, don't let this one partner and their rejection of you define right. you as a person because it, it doesn't sure. even come close. It doesn't even know your name in, in the scope mm-hmm. of the universe. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> you are all you are all in. I'm this sweating. Is great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, be sexy. We love you. We think you're fantastic. We know that there are people out in there in the world who are going to think that you're fantastic and like really fucking good at sex. Oh my so God. don't let this one person define you and your understanding of yourself. They don't have a secret knowledge of you. Right. And know that w- these two people over here think that you're pretty awesome and that you deserve Really great sex with someone who wants to have sex with you. Right, exactly. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thank you so much. All right. The final letter comes to us from Sleepless Nights, writing from not Seattle, Texas. (laughs) I'm a 27-year-old woman and my boyfriend is 32. We have been together for five years and have one child together who is four. Our relationship from the get-go has been difficult. I met him after I had divorced a toxic ex and was struggling to support myself and my eldest daughter. My boyfriend came in and offered stability for the first few months and really supported me, not just financially, but emotionally as well. However, a couple months was about his max on commitment. So I had heard through family and began to experience that he had started to pull away until we found out I was pregnant, at which point we decided to make it work. When our daughter was a little over a year, I found out he had been having an affair with a woman he worked with for the last five months. This literally crushed me. I felt like my heart had been squashed and pulled out of my chest for weeks. After the initial shock, I got a job, moved out, and attempted to start a life for my girls and I. However, it didn't take but a few weeks for him to then realize he had made a mistake again and want to work things out. To make a long story short here, he proceeded to have the affair for the next year, even though I had moved back in after about six or seven months of living separately. Yes, I chose to forgive him through all of that at an attempt to keep our family together. And let me tell you, it was not easy. Well, now it's been over a year and a half since his last contact with her. I trust him more than I ever have, yet I still think about the affair, although this adds insight to our relationship my question really isn't about that over the last six plus months i've found our arguments no longer give the anxiety and worry that they used to while you may look at this as like a good thing it hasn't really been i no longer want to communicate with him as when i do he gaslights me immediately and i become easily confused about our topic what our topic is and why we are actually fighting he always tells me that our fights start because of me and that I need to stop, quote, nagging, bitching and complaining, etc. And the typical, quote, you're crazy and delusional card. The crazy and delusional comments, I think, hit me the hardest, which he knows that due to my mother actually suffering the last 20 years of her life with her mental health, which she refused to see a professional over due to always being in denial. Mm. 
I always end up being the one to cave and apologize regardless of blame. This has created resentment from me towards him in our relationship and has started affecting our sex life and intimacy. I genuinely do not want to be affectionate or have sex with him anymore because I feel so suppressed and unheard. Further, we have started talking about marriage and another baby within the year, which he brings up more frequently. And I now try to avoid the conversation. I no longer want another child and I make every excuse not to show him the ring I want when he asks or to persuade him to wait to buy one because I do not feel secure and frankly don't want to marry him anymore. The thought of how he treats me and leaving has kept me up for weeks at night, so much so that I've started taking sleeping supplements, which I never have, and I mean never, has never ever been an issue. I love my sleep and would easily pass out and stay asleep basically my entire life. Oh, (laughs) sweetie, me too. Now, of course, you would say something like, communicate with your partner about how this has affected you. First of all, I would not fucking say that. I would say yeah, right. this guy is. I'm sorry, I'm not ready yet. You're the letter's I'm not, not answering that yet. <laughs> I know why you would jump there, but that's not what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. But I've tried to communicate. I've tried to tell him how he makes me feel when we argue and the hurtful things he said. But he simply denies that he's ever said it or tells me to stop being the victim to further the gaslighting. Mm. Or one of the best things is he pays all the bills and is so tired from work that I just stress him out too much at home and won't acknowledge anything else. My question is, how do I move forward from this? I don't want to split up my family. Both girls love him and he's a great provider, even though it's consistently held over my head. When things are good, they're great. And in every other way, he's a good man. I do love him, yet I question if I'm still in love with him due to all the emotional warfare I went through the past several several years. Thank you for reading, and I apologize for length. Any advice would be appreciated on how you would approach the situation. Oh, my darling, sleepless nights. Um, I'm sorry for interrupting you in your, interrupting myself, reading your letter. (laughs) But I hope you hear it read back to you how unacceptable this behavior is Mm. and how you know you know that you don't want this man you write you write you write every letter that spells out i don't want to marry him i don't want to have a baby with this man Mm -hmm. so what is the alternative the alternative is not i stay unhappy with this man to keep my daughters with a man who is emotionally abusive because right now we're seeing that as the alternative the alternative is we either get together we get married and have another baby or i stay like this that's that's at least the way it's i feel like you've written yourself into a corner um and that's and that's not the option for you to thrive in for sure absolutely and i appreciate that you talked about the mental abuse or the emotional abuse in this because like the tactics that you talk about here are are really sort of textbook tactics for folks who are trying to um, deflect any blame off of them and to, you know, live in a world in which they don't have to deal with any of the issues that they're bringing to a relationship. Um, and we can understand and, and empathize with the fact that like hurt people hurt people. And we can also hold him accountable for the ways in which that hurt is being inflicted on you. Right. And the, what is troubling to me or what's actually not troubling, it's just really sad to me, is that the the emotional abuse that he's using is working on you, yes. right? Because it is, because instead of standing up for what you know to be true, instead of challenging the gaslighting, instead of advocating for yourself and for your kids, 
Instead, what you're doing is you're just avoiding the fights, right? Because that's what emotional abuse wants us to do is make the fight so bad that they won't fight with us us. anymore. It exhausts us. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to look at that and say, you're exactly right when you say that, like, I don't feel anxiety or worry about these fights anymore. And that's a bad thing, right? Because it is. It is troubling that either you've acquiesced so much that you're not going to fight anymore or you've just gotten so used to the fights that they don't bother you anymore right like this behavior is unacceptable in any way and so what sucks about abusive relationships is that it's up to the person who's being abused to do something different like i wish i wish that there was like some way that we could be like hey this person's being abusive can someone come in and like snatch them out and like like give them a good like a claw machine yeah, snatch them out and then like give them tr- trauma therapy and like heal them and then like put them back in the world. But like that's not the way the world works in this right. case. And like that's one of the great injustices of the world is that like in situations of abuse, it's the person who's being abused who has to make the, the decision to end it or has to make the has to do the hard thing to do something different. And it fucking sucks and I hate it. And also I'm not going to lie and say that that's not how the world works. Right. And and so everything's going to stay the same unless you do something different, because it's clear to me that this man isn't listening to you, isn't interested in changing, isn't interested in how this impacts you. And so what has to happen is that you have to remove yourself from the situation. You have to find something else and someplace else to put your time and energy and love because it's being wasted. It's being gobbled up by this man and you are getting nothing back in return. Yeah. And I just want to explicitly say there's nothing wrong with you for not wanting to have sex with him or not wanting to be Mm. intimate or affectionate with him. In fact, it's quite logical and it is your inner stir, your inner wisdom trying to protect you from this man. Mm. Um, I think that a lot of times when we're when we are exhibiting behaviors that that externally seem to hurt our relationship, you know, like withholding or or not having sex more often or, you know, like whatever. Um, I just don't want you to think like, oh, I'm contributing to the downfall of our relationship. No, that's your intuition trying to keep you safe because mm-hmm. you're into, you know, your inner, your inner you doesn't want to be vulnerable with this man. He's done enough with mm-hmm. your vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, too, that there's nothing wrong with you being confused about the situation. Yes. There's nothing wrong with you saying, like, I'm having a hard time deciding whether or not I'm going to stay with this person, even though I don't want to marry him and I don't want to have his kids yes. and I don't think I love him anymore. Right. Like. When we are in these types of situations, it's it's perfectly normal and natural and understandable to be confused about what to do. Um, so, like, I don't want you to take what I said to you as being some sort of condemnation of you in any way, shape or form. I'm just trying to state things, and Sierra too, we're just trying to state things as clearly as possible because both of us know that in situations like this, it can be really hard to see things outside of our own like tiny bubble of confusion and gaslighting and emotional abuse. Like it can just be so hard to see, like, here's what it looks like from outside or here's what it looks like from a higher view. Yeah, I'm actually glad you're going to say that. I was going to say something similar. Like, there's so much Mm -hmm. mom shaming out there. There's so much victim shaming, especially in situations of domestic violence and emotional abuse. 
I don't want you to right. take all of this and hear us saying, oh, my God, how are you in this situation? Why didn't you get your girls out fast? You know, like, that's not what we're right. saying at all. In fact, I'm saying, like, honey, been there, you know, done yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. stayed after infidelity. No, no, better yet, went back after infidelity, too, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. like, reclaimed part of myself and my independence and then returned to the place and the person that hurt me because mm -hmm. humans are so deeply complicated and they can be both deeply good to us and deeply loving and also deeply, deeply harmful. We can yeah. be more than one thing at the same thing, same time. This man mm -hmm. can, your girls can love him and he can also be a good uh, support system in their life. And he can also be a terrible role model for them as as girls, as humans. You know, he could be a loving partner on six days out of the week. And on that seventh day, he can make you question your core understanding of yourself and your worthiness on this planet. We get one life, hypothetically, nobody really knows, but you get, you true, get one true. life. <laughs> And this man is convincing you that you don't deserve to be listened to. Your intimate partner mm. is, is is convincing you that you don't deserve to be listened to. Um, so I guess going back to my point, I got a little <laughs> lost there. Um, please don't take this as a permission to shame yourself or feel bad about the places that you've been, the places you have stayed, or even your confusion, like Sam said. I'm so glad you said that. Because these situations are the most confusing because it is mm -hmm. the person we love that is hurting us. Um, right. And it's really hard in a self-sacrificing world, especially when um, social media and society wants mothers and parents to be all sacrificing for their children. It's really hard to stack everything up against yourself and your own wellness, right? Like what kind mm -hmm. of life is he providing for my child? They, you know, they love him. I, I love him most days, but on the other side of the table is, is your sense of self, your sense of worthiness, your, your happiness, your intimacy, your peace, your sleep, girl, your mm. sleep is being taken mm -hmm. from you. Um, and I know it's a really hard motion to choose yourself, um, and I don't know what the right answer is for you. I mean, I do know what my opinion <laughs> of it is. Let's say sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. I have an opinion. You're like Tamara. That's my opinion. I get it. Right. I have an opinion that you, sh that you deserve something better, that there is easier, there is love out there that won't make you work this hard, that won't make you silence yourself or stay up late worrying about it. Right. There's, there's mm -hmm. love out there that won't make you sleepless right mm. and also i don't know your life i know i don't know what is i don't know what is best for you right um i just want you to know that you deserve that 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 in this one wild and precious life as mary oliver said um you deserve to be heard and loved and felt to be valued and cherished and safe and respected listen no relationship is perfect but this is far from amicable. Mm, absolutely. 
I also just want to say that I just realized that your name and your location was a pun on Sleepless in Seattle. And I want to thank you for that because I love that movie. Oh my God. I thought you would have gotten that like originally. (laughs) No, I I had no idea. And then I was just sitting here and you were talking. I was like, oh, not Seattle. Like she's sleepless in not Seattle. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Sleepless, obviously we love you. We care a whole lot about you. And we just want you to be with someone and in a place that's going to fill you up and affirm you and hear you and see you and not in a place where you feel like those things aren't available to you because you deserve nothing but the best and you deserve nothing but to be seen, heard and loved for who you are and not and not because you're trying to hide yourself in in order to get that love. All right. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. We love you. This brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. Every show, we want to shout out something that we love. Uh, This week, we want to set you up with... The Calm app. Um, So uh, I recently have gotten into the Calm app, which has been super helpful. And I actually like paid the money for the different meditations. And so I wanted to call out one specific one that has been super cool. Oh, cool. It's like a series called how to meditate and it's 10 minutes a day for 30 days, which is like the absolute cap that I can do as a person whose (laughs) mind goes, goes all over the place all the time. Um, and it is like, you know, I have tried meditation and done some and found some success with it, but I just really appreciate the way in which, uh, this person talks about it. Um, It is super, super conversational. It is not intimidating in any way. Um, And, you know, some of the the terms that I've heard used in meditation feel sort of like up in the air or like woo woo. Um, And and he really brings it down to like brass tacks. Here's what we're talking about. Um, And in ways that feel like very affirming and um, and have supported me as somebody who's like tried meditation and found it difficult at some points to be like, hey, you're probably going through this thing right now. You might be thinking mm. this way. That's okay. And just like really affirming of the fact that it's a learned practice. And like totally. that the committing 10 minutes a day to it for 30 days is about building muscles and not necessarily about getting it right. So I found it very affirming and helpful. I've been waking up in the morning and then just spending the first 10 minutes of my day um, listening to that and trying it out. And it's been a great way for me to start my day. So it's on the call map. The series is called How to Meditate. I love that you shared that. I can't wait to check it out. I've been needing something like that deeply. So thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions of all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can get our new merchandise. Check it out. Please do. Remember to hit that follow button so that you can get our episodes every Monday exclusively on Spotify, and you can consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. Also, if you go over to our Instagram right now, we have a video clip of our Patreon episode. So if you support us at $10 a month, you can get full episodes that are video recorded. So check that out. See if you like it. And if you do send $10 our way, this literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis, a.k.a. Big Cats. Make sure to check out his music on Spotify. And remember, to help heal others, you must begin the journey of healing yourself. Replace shame with guilt. Replace guilt with acceptance. When you accept yourself, you radiate peace and clarity and become an example of peace to others. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>